But what about those two jerks? Those two jerks are taking up 100% of my time from now on, so just have patience, my friend. I'm just getting things rolling. When I'm finished with that kid, he'll be begging me to be his teacher. And you know what he's gonna learn from me? Pain in every part of his body and fear in every part of his mind. <laughs> and here's the kicker. He's gonna thank me for it. What about the old man? Him I heard through the kid. Johnny, by the time that little twerp steps into the ring to defend his title, I'm gonna have him thinking he's invincible. And then he's gonna find out what pain and fear really mean. Right in front of a thousand people. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. I'm uh, Jack, I'm Jacob Burrows. <laughs> and I'm so Miyagi-Do that I'm currently eating sushi. Vegetarian, homemade sushi, no less. And man, if that doesn't mean that I'm balanced, I don't know what the heck is. Wow, that's a great one. Well, my name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Cobra Kai because my deep, dark secret is that I recently purchased some bonsai tree seeds, and I'm very excited about trying to grow and nurture them to life. (laughs) (laughs) You know what else could use some growing and some nurturing to come to life? This film. We're talking about Karate Kid Part 3. It's really bad, Jim. (laughs) Yes, yes. But, like, it's it. I'll, I'll say this, though. Like, I can't argue that it's not bad. Um but Good. it is kind it has this uh charm i want to say it has this mm. i mean again i said this last time but this is the when again for the person with no frame of reference of what the karate kid is and you just tell them there's this movie in the 80s called the karate kid this is more in line what you would expect this is what oh, karate yeah. kid part 1 should have been and oh my god jacob you are speaking of villains when watching Karate Kid Part Two, oh, I long for the days of uh, the villain of Karate Kid Part Two. When yeah. here we are in Karate Kid Part Three. Yeah, I honestly, uh, I think it makes you reminisce about the days of the Karate Kid. That's it, no parts, just the first one. Because yeah. what it got so right is the balance between the dojos and the characters involved, where that's kind of messed up in part two. And in part three, it is just all over the place. I cannot, like, this is the most most mustache-twirling villain <laughs> I have ever seen. Uh, and it, I mean, I, 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 I kind of, I, I don't like it. I didn't like it very much. I didn't like this one. Well, the, here's I liked it in that bad movie sense. Sure, I, I enjoy because in a weird way, Terry, I like I I can't help but marvel at what's happening with, with Terry Silver. Um, yeah. I mean it's 1989 because <clears throat> oh, so what do we start? It was 84 was the first one. Yeah. Then we check in in 86 with Karate Kid Part Two. So now here we are in 1989. And I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm giving the uh, writer Robert Mark Kamen. He did the other two, obviously, as right as well, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he I'm did, giving him did. too much credit, but I almost feel like he's being dragged, kicking and screaming back to the Karate Kid franchise, and maybe that's why it's coming off the way things are, because he's like, oh my god, I don't want to do another one of these. Jesus. Um, but I don't know. Terry Silver, he has this charm, this kind of it's the end of the 80s. We're on the cusps of the 90s. And this is like the death knell of the 80s in a weird way. And he represents yeah. everything about that. And I just like they don't fully explain. I mean, they they explain enough of what's going on. It's 
like Kreese's good friend from Vietnam and but he's a billionaire. I mean, I'm certain mm-hmm. even at the time he wasn't thought of as a billionaire. He's probably thought of as more as a millionaire, but he'd be the billionaire now. The the weird thing about this mustache twirling insane villain is he would be he would be right at home in 2020 because this is the type of villains we want now because rich people are so evil, which I'm not even being sarcastic. I mean, they're evil. But mm. I love that he has like the line that's like, you know, 10 years ago, you could just be dumping nuclear waste wherever you want. No one even cared. But, but yeah. today I'm getting indicted like every month. But he enjoys it and he's excited to open up new Cobra Kai dojos. He's also like when you think of it in the meta sense or I guess not even that meta, you don't have to step out too much outside the story. But the idea that this wealthy businessman and this other Vietnam vet are conspiring to take down this college kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. And like, so apparently crease was supposed to be the main villain originally. Probably that's what the writer envisioned. And then there was some scheduling conflicts and they were like, ah, shit, uh, we need a different character. So that's how they invented Terry silver. I don't Great even name. I don't even know if that's what it is. I think the kernel for the idea in my mind, at least what I think he was trying to do is he's like, how do I get Daniel to be Cobra Kai? He's like, I, I think the yeah. idea here is okay. We want, and typically this is what would be in a, if it was like planned as a trilogy, the part two would be Daniel, you know, rejecting Miyagi and, you know, what's the biggest rejection he can do? And it's like, okay, he'll be Cobra Kai, but he doesn't want to fully, or I don't want to say he doesn't want to fully commit to it, but he wants it to be somewhat plausible. I mean, not plausible in all the other characters, but at least plausible in the Daniel and Miyagi relationship where he doesn't want it to be destroyed. But like, what's a way that... Daniel would reject Miyagi's karate and try Cobra Kai. Yeah. And I think the most important thing that this film does for the Cobra Kai, um, you know, mythos, if you will, is this, this fully explains why Daniel in Cobra Kai would think that Cobra Kai is... Uh, Daniel in Cobra Kai, the series, would think that Cobra Kai is evil. Because I don't yeah. think Karate Kid Part 1 is enough for the way Daniel reacts in Cobra Kai, the series. But I think if you put this into play, it makes more sense the way Daniel's like, no, there's no good to come out of Cobra Kai. That's, it's, you know, nothing but bad and, and evil or whatever. So I'll give this movie that. Mm. It's also excellent. Uh, there's some good flashback fodder in there. Like there's a couple of scenes with him and Miyagi that I don't know if they've been in Cobra Kai yet, but it's like, oh, there's, there's, that's a nice scene, and this is a nice scene. And then there's other scenes where they climb the mountain for like a long, a long <laughs> part of the film. Uh, and apparently Jessica Andrews, uh, the actress Robin Lively, was uh, 16 at the time. Uh, and Ralph Macchio was 27, Ooh. so his character was 18. Um, but yeah, Ralph Macchio was uh, 27 at the time, so they had to rewrite it because she was originally a love interest, and now they just develop a close friendship, according to Wikipedia. Um, though, huh. I mean, it's I would think they wouldn't romance. even. I would think they wouldn't even care. And I was actually yeah. in my mind because I didn't look into that. I was like, this is a progressive movie because they're like look, we can have Daniel be friends with a girl and it doesn't have to be romantic. 
That's mm. I, I assume they were like, look, we're not going to go down this romance path again. How about he just meets a girl and they're friends? But I guess yeah. uh, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They had to redo that. Um, so the film starts like every Karate Kid uh, <laughs> Uh, film or piece of media with uh, a recap <laughs> of uh, the big fight between Johnny Lawrence and uh, Daniel's son. So, and, and we get the fight between Miyagi and Kreese as well, so that he can later say, make his knuckles bleed. Which, again, that fight, wouldn't you see it coming the second time uh, with the windows of the cars? Like, it, it, you know, it's fine. But uh, I feel like he'd see it coming the second time. But he's really down and out, and he's, he's uh, late on his payments and everything. So he goes to see his millionaire living in a weird uh cement house like it looks like a house from westworld that this guy lives in mm. um and he's just kicking ass uh and i thought at first it was going to be like his student but no they were just they were just karate pals i guess that's what i thought Indian too because because he seems he, i mean i guess he seems a lot younger I'm, i don't know the age of the actor but i yeah. do i will say i like that we go through the flashbacks but we stay with crease yeah um and kind of go down this path uh and i love that it's like all three these movies are all within a year basically all this stuff happens in one year and and you, you have to admit you know looking at it in the in the form of uh, uh the cobra kai series at least from daniel's perspective if, th if this was your one year like your senior year <laughs> going into college all this stuff happened <laughs> I don't blame yeah. him for like always like coming back to that as like the peak of his existence. I do want to call it real quick. I love that in the military. I, I guess I didn't notice it before, but in Crease's military pick, like when he's got his like beret and his like his Vietnam picture, it says karate champ yes. <laughs> 70 to 72. <laughs> Because, yeah, sure yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, uh, Captain John Crease, U.S. Army. And, but he's just holding his gun and everything. But then for some reason, it says 1970 to 72 karate champion. Uh, yeah, those were his glory days back when he was karate champion <laughs> in the tournament, I guess, in the Viet Cong. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, I do love it as well. Like you mentioned, they have, they're having a conversation. A servant with a suit comes up like, Mr. Silva, the plutonium deal. And he's like, ah, oh, yes, I must sign the plutonium deal. Um, and like there's... Like, huh, back in the day, you could, you know, dump it anywhere. Now everyone's a detective. Just great stuff. Just <clears> real <throat> shorthand for, like, this guy. Super duper evil. Yes. And apparently his business is so self-sustaining that he doesn't have to do anything <laughs> other than sign this piece of paper at the start. Because the rest of the film, he's completely dedicated to revenge on this child and old man that he has never met and doesn't know anything about, except they hurt his friend. So you gotta say, he's a good friend. And he sends him to Tahiti as well. Yes, yeah, he I sends mean, him to... I mean, this guy's a, a class act. <laughs> and the, the main like goal is to open up Cobra Kai's on every corner. Uh, but I mean, I guess the linchpin of that is winning this title, uh, yeah. which I guess we'll see if that works or not. But yeah, it just he, he's going to he even says like uh, they're I'm going to devote 100 percent of my time to these two guys. Uh, it's just an insane, amazing device to get this movie rolling that. <laughs> This dude is ready. I mean, you got to give credit on one end. If you're ever down and out, you want Terry Silver on your side. Like, you want a guy oh, like yeah. that. Uh, okay, actually, no, now I remember what I was going to say. His plan doesn't make sense when you really get into it either. 
because he doesn't really do anything. I mean, I guess he makes Daniel's uh, fist bleed at that one point. But he also is kind of, I mean, I guess he's making him angrier and it's going against Miyagi, but he's still kind of training him. He's not really doing anything. Like, what, what was the plan messed up, you think? Was there supposed to be more to this plan? I know I'm jumping ahead. Well, they got the bad boy of karate in there. Yeah. And I think he was, you know, he was a big part of the plan that he wasn't supposed to lose. Little did they know that uh, Daniel San learned a kata once. And that would scare the bad boy of karate so much that he let himself get uh, thrown out of the tournament by by being super kicked. Um, but I mean, like when maybe when Daniel shows up to stop training, do you think that was the one thing like Terry Silver wasn't done with his plan yet? So that's why they had to kind of tip their hand earlier. When remember, yeah. I mean, it's a great moment when Crease jumps out from behind the standee of Crease. Yes. But, and then, like, the bad boy karate, Mike, whatever, comes out, too. So, I mean, they are, I guess, ready in case things do come awry. But I feel like maybe there was supposed to be more to the plan. Or maybe I'm just giving Terry a little bit too much credit. Was this well, the betrayal just... the ultimate plan? Yeah, I guess it was. I would also assume, I don't think they say it, but I will just assume that he's also the one who, like, bought the uh, their place to, to make Miyagi... Uh, <clears throat> force him to retire sort of thing because uh, at the start there the whole place is being torn down as Miyagi and, and Daniel come back home uh I guess they're just ripping it down to put uh something else there that's a know. whole new extra layer I didn't even think of that Terry was also behind <laughs> that actually I, I think it works I think that's probably good. gonna put a Cobra Kai dojo there <laughs> I do want to uh before that I love the uh whole I the transition of he drops Crease off at the airport, and we stay in the shot. And as Crease yeah. goes in the airport, Daniel and Miyagi are just getting back from Okinawa, and they are. It's so close to what we kind of said last time of like, oh yeah, Kumiko got a dance job in Tokyo. They yes. just they didn't put in that she found she met like a hot dude or whatever. But it it kind of works. Like ah, oh, she got a dance job. What's she gonna do? Turn it down? Oh, of course not. We're young. I got college. She's got dance, and. I mean, it, the hits don't stop there because, yeah, we it's it's very reminiscent of the beginning of Karate Kid 2 where now we have to, like, bend over backwards to make this movie happen because, yeah, yeah his building gets bought. Miyagi loses his job, which, I, which never felt like it was a financial thing no. for Miyagi because it was always a surprise he had this nice house. Remember, the postman loved it so much. He... I mean, at the, if anything, he could sell tickets to have people come to check out his backyard. <laughs> yeah. But now it's kind of this thing of like, oh, what is he going to do now? And we get to this this whole thing of how, of course, I, I guess one thing I admire about the fact that we have to jump through these weird hoops and bend over backwards to make the plot happen is because the respect for the Miyagi character is so true that... All this stuff has to happen just for Miyagi to agree. Like, it's similar to him ag agreeing to allow Daniel to come with him to Okinawa. Um, although it's still a little flimsy that he would agree to let Daniel sign a lease for a retail location to open up Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees, which is amazing when he comes up with the... <laughs> <laughs> the name of the shop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, one thing I'll give a credit for, at least, again, looking at it in a retrospect of the Cobra Kai series, you're seeing car salesman Daniel here. This is like the, 
the the seeds of uh, Larusso Motors or whatever the fuck it's called mm. uh, yes. with his car with his car dealership. That's a good point. Yeah, the pon- the bonsai seeds, which will sprout into big, <laughs> uh, amazing dealerships all over the valley and the greater valley area. Uh, yeah, so he has to call his mother, who is in, uh, who is off with their uncle, his uncle, uh, who's coughing in a bed, um, has a bell, and it's just a, a one minute conversation that's like, oh, it could be months. I'm not going to be in this film at all. Yeah. And when is Kamiko coming? Uh, she's not coming either. What about Mr. Miyagi's woman? Like, that whole thing, that seemed like a lot more of a connection than uh, Daniel san and Kamiko anyway. So. Yeah. I guess no no need to mention that, eh? He yeah. just fucked off to America again. <laughs> yeah, they don't really they don't even um bother trying to explain that away with just a line of dialogue. Wouldn't I, it make a lot of sense if you were Mr. Miyagi, you are make the hard decision to go back to the US because you can't leave your job and and like you have so much going on over there. You come back and they're tearing down your house and uh and like you don't need to train your student anymore and like what makes more sense to go back to the love of your life or to maybe open a bonsai shop? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess he went with the option B. Uh, it's 50, yeah. 50 really. I mean, I guess they do have some sort of lip service. I guess he does say something about they had to rebuild the village. Mm. But again, I, I mean, uh, Sato, I, I think was pretty juiced up with cash. I don't think Miyagi was dipping into his funds for that. Um, but yeah, you're completely right. With the way this is set up, the logical extension would be to him like, well, I guess, Daniel-san, I've taught you everything I know, and I have nothing here now, and I must go back. But no, I guess just open up Mr. Miyagi's little trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot of great conversations between uh, Silver and Crease as well, like the one on the phone where he talks about how he's going to hurt him through the kid and uh, all of this, this convoluted fucking plan. It's like as convoluted as the concept of the film, how they're going to get it to, to sort of work. A lot of hoops being jumped through left yeah. and right. And Uncle Louie, let's not forget when Uncle Louie starts spazzing out in the background of the shot uh, just to put over the top like how sick he is. He's like, he, he's geeking with his bell. He's like, get off the phone already. At least in this movie, they do have her pop up for a scene. I don't think Karate Kid Part Two. I think they just mention her. Um, but yeah, we you know the idea is we need to make it make sense that Daniel is living with Mr. Miyagi and they're going to start this bonsai shop. It, it, but what you're saying before, there are still some nice moments when it is Daniel and Miyagi, yeah. uh, like when when he's like makes him his partner. Uh, you know, and Daniel's all excited about it. It's hard to really, I don't, I don't feel this connection of when Mr. Miyagi's in his shop at the apartments and he's kind of sad looking around because again, I never thought, I always thought that was weird smoke and mirrors in the first movie is that you think Mm -hmm. he's just some maintenance man that like lives in a hovel at this shitty apartment place, but he actually has this, you know, nice uh house with all those classic cars and everything up the street 
Yeah, uh, I, I get you. I, I just, I'm just a sucker for a, like, oh no, I will have last look, and you go and you look around and you turn off the lights. Like I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. Um, in any case, so I was like, oh man, <clears throat> Mr. Miyagi's finally leaving this place behind that he was in for some scenes there in the first one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is, uh, so then uh, Danielson goes and gets uh, like I guess he uses all of his college money. For a lease on a store, like he is an entrepreneur in the making, I suppose. Like, uh, like you said, because none of this, like, he's way driving this idea way more than uh, uh, Mr. Miyagi, of course. And it's almost like he's to him, Mr. Miyagi's just the brand, and he's the guy running stuff. Even though he isn't that egotistical, it just comes off that way that he's like, yeah, uh, I'll uh, like he's the one who goes and gets the lease. He's the one who gets everything sorted out, and Mr. Miyagi has to sort of reluctantly agree. Uh, to the whole thing. And I mean, and again, to go back to his car salesman skills, it's because they're in a shithole, but he's really selling it. He's making yeah. it. He's like, you know, of course you need a little work. He's, he's using his, his LaRusso charm here. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if this is just a byproduct of the eighties, but just the idea that an 18 year old kid can stroll into, you know, a real estate place and get a residential lease for a, a business with no collateral. Well, legally, is uh, 27, so. <laughs> yeah, true. And I mean, in, in, I guess it's almost insinuated that he, he um, signs his own, he signs Mr. Miyagi's name, kind of, because, I mean, he gives him the gift of the lease. It's in like a nice, like, jewelry box almost. And then yeah. he's like, what's missing? And he's like, your name next to mine. And it's like, well, who's, when, when did you sign it? Did Daniel sign your name? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so Silver brings in <laughs> brings in the bad boy of karate and gives him two uh, hench people called Snake and Dennis. <laughs> it's a great combination of names. Yeah. Uh, I'll say I, the guy I thought was Dennis was Snake and vice versa. Um, he he doesn't Snake doesn't look as threatening as he should with a name like that. Um, but yeah, the guy negotiates for fifty percent control of the dojos once they open up and again this guy's swimming in money well he's in a bathroom uh, a bathtub at the time but he's also swimming in money and he's like ah what the heck you get 50 percent ownership of all cobra kai stuff moving forward and um, i guess this gives the villain enough motivation um to just endlessly harass uh daniel son for the rest of the film there for now next hour or so until the tournament starts yeah he's in like a scarface he's in a scarface scene basically because he's just he's having meetings while he's in his bubble bath which i'd never i mean i don't care how rich someone is i don't know if i'm gonna be take partaking in a meeting while someone's sitting in a bubble bath uh yeah. but you know hey it works out and you're right yeah that gives him the motivation because he needs to make him sign because it's all part of the business deal. And, you know, Daniel did let it drop while he was showing Miyagi the place. Like, look, there's a pottery place right across the street. This is great. I, I don't Hearing that story that you told me about how they rewrote. It's amazing that they rewrote the scene instead of just recasting the actress. Like, why yeah. wouldn't they just? I don't know. I guess she was hot. She was a, a hot commodity coming off a of teen. When was Teen Witch? You know, she's Teen Witch, right? Mm, I guess. Uh, I can't say I'm that familiar. I don't know. Well, my girlfriend knows Teen Witch, and she '89. Uh, oh, damn, it was the same year. She couldn't have been that hot off a of Teen Witch yet. They came out at the same time. Mm. She she looks like she's in Breakfast Club, but she's not. 
And she's um, and it's like uh, Blake Lively's sister, which I didn't know either. Ah, uh, yes, I getcha. But they were like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, we need this actress. We'll just rewrite it." Uh, so I guess that's fine. I thought they were just progressive, and they were like, "Ah, oh, what are we doing with this rigmarole? Enter a new love interest every time for Daniel. He could just have a female friend and acquaintance." Well, and I guess she runs the pottery. Is it a? It's a pottery store uh, across the road that she is just a teenager who runs um, this place and she's going to go back to some other town. So that kind of puts a time limit on stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, I couldn't figure that out. I mean, she was basically there because he needed someone to show him how to climb the mountain <laughs> because they do that. The first thing is he like sees the picture when she's climbing the mountain with her boyfriend and his, his uh, you know, his, pick, his head's ripped off. I would totally, yeah. I was expecting for the bad boy of karate to be the secret boyfriend because that's how it would have worked. That's how it would have yeah. worked now is he would have been like, oh, well, who's in this picture? And she would have said, and then when the bad boy karate would show it up, she's like, uh, Mike, what are you doing here? That sounds about right. Um, so there's a lot of back and forth on this application for the the tournament where everyone wants Daniel's son in the tournament. Daniel kind of wants to defend his title, but um, Miyagi convinces him that that's not the way to live his life. And there's a lot of hijinks left, right, and center. Uh, he finds out about the tree that's on this cliffside, as you mentioned, which is this up, up until the point... Uh, it's about an hour into the film where they climb down to get the tree because the bad guys stole all the trees and fucked up the place. Danielson just decides that he's going to go and get the the bonsai tree that looks exactly like the bonsai tree <laughs> on his gi. That was the inspiration for the whole Miyagi uh, Do design. And he's going to climb down and get it. It's... Uh, I just lose a lot of respect for Danielson. It's just there's no way he would think that that's the thing to do. And even this character he just met, his new friend, is like, "Yes, this may this makes no sense. Don't you think he might be upset if you uproot this tree that he yeah. planted here when he came to America?" And Danielson, I know what he, I know what's best. And and another thing as well, you talked about in the first film when Danielson uh, had that scene where he talked about uh, Ali with an eye, and he just kind of keeps talking when his mother goes away. He's like, yeah, I'd, I'd say she's beautiful, you know. It's just like, yeah, it's a real. Uh, and you were like, that's kind of a nice character moment, and I get that. But it's like in this, it, uh, the interpretation of the character is just like he never stops talking. He will just endlessly talk yeah. all the time, which kind of works for when he's selling the place. But he'll just no, no, and he just keeps talking, and there's endless chatter throughout the whole thing. Um, so you kind of get that instead of a look into what he's uh, actually thinking or feeling or anything. Yeah, yeah. I also had it noted as well of the how she's like, what if he tells you to put it back? And then I had like the the notes, my quotes are like, he's not going to tell me to put it back. Come on, I know this guy. And I'm like, but wait, you sound, you're acting like you don't know Mr. <laughs> because he's clearly going to tell you to put it back. But yeah. it does get this nice... I mean, I, I don't know why rewatching this movie, I expected them not to completely spell it out because <laughs> I'm like, because, of course, you know, Daniel's son, the, the, you're like a bonsai tree and you strong roots. And it's like then the tree gets broken and they have to bring it back. But, of course, they have to outright tell you that, you know, Daniel, you're much like this tree, much like how E.T. was the the flowers that are dying. And then he comes back to life. Remember that? 
I do remember that. <laughs> and I think uh, even though all of this is incredibly cheesy, that's the one moment where I was like, ah, oh, strong root. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't get me wrong. I do. I still love it. I wish they didn't quite like have to explain it have so much, but I do. Because yeah. when I'm... When he's talking, like before they actually outright say you're like the tree when he's telling him that. But when they're talking about the tree, I'm still kind of like, yeah, strong root. That's you, Daniel. Come on. Like, yeah. or even when Miyagi's like, ah, Daniel son, you know, when are you going to like uh, kind of snap out of this? Because he knows yeah. that <clears throat> he's kind of up to no good or he's kind of going astray. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's weird because. Daniel didn't have a lot in the second movie, but because they were focusing a bit on Miyagi, so it made more sense. And in a weird way, like this has a lot of Daniel, but it also feels like he doesn't have a lot. Or again, it kind of goes back to pacing stuff like we talked about with the first movie, except that slow pace works. This movie, it's like, yeah, we're hitting on the contract over and over again, and then we finally get it signed. And then it's like, of course, Miyagi's not going to train him. And it like again, it feels like it takes a long time to get to this point where Daniel is in Cobra Kai, which I feel like was the whole idea. Yeah. But you know, it's it, it just takes it takes way too long. Like this this movie doesn't have the benefit of the first one of everything being so so good that you wanna hang out in these moments. You uh, yeah. don't really wanna hang out in some of these you, you kind of see where it's going, and especially the fact that you know, the, the, the Terry thing is a reveal to Daniel, but we, we know about it the whole time. And I feel yeah. like usually you would save that. Like we would be in the audience. We'd also be surprised when Daniel's surprised when crease jumps out, you know, uh, but they don't structure it that way. So we're just kind of knowing that all along Daniel's being played for like an hour and 20 minutes of this movie until finally Miyagi decides to train him. But it's just so much convoluted stuff because, yeah. like you said, we get the contract signed and the tree, the little natural bonsai tree gets brought back and Miyagi is dealing with that. But then he says he's not like he has signed the thing, so he has to compete. So he goes running uh, with Jessica. Uh, yeah, Jessica. And but then like so Mr. Silver, Terry Silver just pulls up in his car and like, hey, <laughs> fancy seeing you here. You training for the Olympics or what? And he like offers to give him a book. And this is all super convoluted. And then like the next scene, Daniel San is training at Miyagi's place. And much like the postman in the previous pe- <laughs> previous film, uh, the bad boy of karate is just walking in there and picks a fight with him. Yeah. And this would be fine, except it's like the eighth time they've run into each other already. I'm not excited about the tournament anymore. Because they've already fought like five times. Yeah. Um, and they get into it there. And then Terry Silver comes and beats up the bad boy of karate. If I was him, I'd be like, dude, what about the deal? And it's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm doing a whole convoluted thing. Don't worry. <laughs> like, no, you don't know me. Like, it's so uh, confusing. So they fight about it. And he's really like, yeah, uh, tells him, get out. If I ever see you on the same street, I'll, I won't be so charitable with your health. And he hits him with the book, does the whole thing. Uh, and I guess that's to make... Daniel's so impressed that he'll join Cobra Kai, which, again, doesn't really benefit them because they want him to lose. So he does actually train him in the way of Cobra Kai there for a bit. Uh, again, why that is part of the plan, who knows? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, obviously that was set up, the whole moment where, you know, Terry and Mike, the bad boy of karate... And, but it's great because Mike comes in from, like, the front of the house. 
and he yeah. comes into the backyard. But then Terry comes in from like the back door somewhere, like because <laughs> oh yeah, they're all just popping in there. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, even though we see that there are these big fences that Daniel painted less than a year ago that go all around the Miyagi estate, there's still very yeah. easy ways to just walk in. Um, but yeah, yeah, they, they this this long convoluted thing of how to get Daniel to trust him. Um, I do want to cut back a little bit. Well, I, I love when when the bullies first show up, when he's showing the girl the the place, and then he kicks her in the stomach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he boots her in the stomach. And, I mean, at one point they kind of insinuate that they're going to rape her. Like, I, you know, when he says, like, well, look, at first they're going to murder them, like when they climb down. When they climb down the to get the tree, and then they take the ropes away. They're, first, they're gonna let them drown. Then they yeah. decide to let them up, but they decide to to like almost keep letting them go, and they're gonna murder them. But then they then they get the contract. But then they still like they're that evil. Like they also oh give me the tree because I know this is something you care about. It's not even yeah. that they're aware that it could be worth a lot of money. They just want to fuck with them, and then they're like, and if you back out. You know, yeah, you don't want to know what I'm going to do to you and what we're going to do to her. And it's like, oh, Jesus, this they're going yeah. there. They're ready for oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty dark. Uh, it gets pretty dark. And um, also, um, I feel like the whole centering, centering in on the sweeping of the leg is literally just because in the first film, he's like, sweep the leg. And he's yeah. like, but sensei. And then here it's like there's a whole act that's about the sweeping of the leg where Daniel learns about it. He goes to ask Mr. Miyagi, who, who who wouldn't see him coming out with a broom. Of course, this is how you sweep. That's great. And Still I, great, I, though. That, in that moment, I can't even tell if Mr. Miyagi's, like, uh, <laughs> joking or <laughs> that's just, like, what he thought yeah. uh, that he meant. It's hard to say. But Daniel's really offended, runs off and joins Cobra Kai. Yeah. And, and I uh, going back, again, like, all this stuff done, it, at least I'm giving, I'm, in, I'm applying positive intent. Because it is, to me, it's showing that they care so much about the Miyagi character that all this shit has to happen for Miyagi to decide to train Daniel. Because yeah. it just seems like usually, maybe they'll have like the first two things happen, but then Misty Miyagi will be like, all right, I'm going to train you. But, you know, they're that, they're that much about that Misty Miyagi really does believe that karate is not he doesn't give a shit about belts and titles and the under 18 all valley championship like who gives a fuck um but it, it gets all to this point of finally like, all right well it, now it is about honor and it is about uh something more than the title and so let's do it but then again i really feel they're like what if daniel was cobra kai and like how would that happen <laughs> and they have to go through all this shit <laughs> Yeah, and I will say I do kind of like the um, the structure of what comes after he joins Cobra Kai, where it's three different days, he learns three different things, yeah. and the first day he sort of hurts his foot, and Mr. Miyagi gives him the new foot powder <laughs> to help him heal, and then uh, but like gives him advice, and each day he 
he knows what's happening and he's sort of trying to guide him gently away from it. Uh, but then uh, Daniel gets his hand hurt as, or yeah, his uh, elbow or whatever it is when he's doing the strikes to the middle of the wooden dummy. And then he gets the powder and heals that. Um, but then Mr. Miyagi catches him and like it's all it, it escalates nicely as part of the this movement, I think. So I kind of like this bit. No, I agree. I, well, again, because when it comes down to them together, I, I, I think even in a bad movie like this, it's still it's still good. They still have that that chemistry and it's still there. Um, this movie does kind of confirm that the crane kick is, is essentially is illegal. I guess yeah. getting back to when we start getting into Johnny's point of view, when we get into the series um, and again, what you brought up is great, too, like. It's so murky what the rules are in these tournaments because, yeah, it felt like sweep the leg was like, oh, no, is that against the rules? But now it's like, well, no, I'm going to learn a front sweep. But I guess sweep the leg was important because they already hurt his leg and now they're just taking out his other leg because, again, no mercy. But, yeah, I, I wish I knew these rules. (laughs) these are details uh we can live with i do like how mr miyagi knows what's happening it's happening right under his roof and he feels the pain of it there's some great acting of him standing outside uh daniel's room and the sliding doors and the shadows and he feels like ah so much pain in this not being right and it's not until i suppose the the last day when uh, Daniel totally destroys the dummy. And, oh, yeah, they, they go dancing, and he punches some guy on pure instinct. Uh, yeah. Because Mr. Silver's there, too. He's so evil, it can't be a spontaneous <laughs> thing that happens. Yeah. He has to pay a guy to go fuck with him so that this can happen, and he wants to be there so he and Daniel can run away together. And I'm like, is he manufacturing, like, a mentor moment between the two of them? I guess, but it all backfires for him because he's like, wait, I went too far. This is horrible. I need Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> yeah. Which it, 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 to your point, I do think that that's this the stuff with Miyagi is strong because it kind of shows that Miyagi's smart enough to know that if he came, if he just like bursts in and is like, "Daniel, son, your leg, your your shoulder, what are you doing? You're crazy. Uh, what have I ever taught you?" Like clearly, that would just push him away more, and he has that much. He has the trust in Daniel that he's going to realize that uh you know he's going down the wrong path and he is right i mean it takes a takes a little bit longer i think than he'd hoped but it shows again some of the uh like how good of a teacher he is that he can even see that in him um yeah. and then of course it all comes to a head once crease is there and the bad boy karate's there and they toss him out the door and but then they're like, go get him. Bring him back in here. But Miyagi sends uh, the bad boy karate flying through the door instead. Yeah. And so the scene with Jessica where she's packing is quite good as well. Because that comes in between where he goes to her. And like that's where he says out loud these things. of like He feels like everyone's written him off. And he this is his only way of doing things. And she says, just because I'm upset with you, that doesn't mean I'm not your friend anymore. Yeah. And like Mr. Miyagi still cares about you, but he, to be fair, all the stuff we said was very convoluted at the start, like say about his mother disappearing and everything. Like he has pretty much been abandoned. <laughs> yeah. He decided to put his college money into this one thing. And when it crashed, that's all his 
like he's so invested in it now as well mr miyagi he can be all zen about it but that's probably part of why daniel goes and gets the tree as well if we want to rationalize it that it's like no i'm invested in this too now that's my money that they destroyed and i want to get it back and then he messes that up and he gets to this point where he's like i've did everything the opposite of what mr miyagi's taught me and he must have given up on me and uh, when he goes to him as well and and uh like talks about that and they get to how like it's his fault he did it to himself and mr miyagi says that everything can heal it just takes time and then they get into the talking about the root and yeah. all that so yeah and all that stuff's pretty good even that little tree healed so yeah yeah it is yeah. i i do agree i think that that stuff is good it's it is amazing also that terry terry silver is like super evil but he oh, yeah. also from an outsider's perspective like he knows like, he knows what karate's supposed to be because he says the right things at the beginning of, like, well, no, karate's for defense only. So it's, it shows that... Because I, I, I don't think he just got that from reading a few things in Miyagi's closet. So yeah. he, I love that there's this thing about how Terry knows the truth about karate, but he just doesn't... He wants to ignore that. But he's going to use yeah. it against Daniel. Uh, so it's just, like, an extra layer of villainy i suppose because he understands that this is supposed to be like a zen you know uh, uh body and soul spirit type thing but he's going to use it for power yeah and i was kind of scared when he was like oh i'm gonna go and tell him that it's over and i'm not gonna train with uh, mr silver anymore and miyagi's like do you want me to come with you and he's like no 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 point and i'm like Ooh. and then they <laughs> gets ganged up on there and i i thought it would be like worse but then mr miyagi came anyway he knew something was up i suppose and then mr miyagi does tons of fighting in this film yeah because uh, he fights crease and mr silver um so that's fun i guess but it's great when he gets to come back with the oh, oh, <laughs> give it, give it a little bit back to him. And I, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I forgot to bring up that yeah, the kata in this. I mean, I was still, I was a, I was like an eight year old when this movie came out, seven or eight. So I was still big on karate, uh, Karate Kid mm. especially. So I'm, I'm trying to learn kata myself. So, sure. I mean, because I've, I, I've, I recognize, because they bust out some of these moves in Cobra Kai when D Daniel's doing Miyagi-Do, because I knew myself as a kid in my room trying to do the, uh, like, the hands at your side and then going into the stance when he puts his, like, <laughs> fist up by his forehead. I'm like, oh, this, these are classic moves. <laughs> Nice. So how do they magically make you win at the end, though? Because I don't understand... Do you know about how that works? Because he just wins at the end there when, when he does it, though. I mean, I guess much like the drum, uh, it's like part of doing these things. I guess part of all the way Daniel wins is he completely bewilders his opponent for a second and throws them <laughs> off their game because they have no yeah. idea why he's doing a weird thing. It's like, oh, my God, he's doing a weird thing right now. Like, he's doing the crane pose. He's throwing his fists around. He's, like, swinging his upper body around like fists. And then in this one, you know, you could go in and start punching him, but he's just looking at you, and he's moving his hands around. <laughs> so you're bewildered. You don't understand what the fuck's going on. It throws you off your game, gives you that much of a second uh, advantage for Daniel to come in and snatch victory away. 
Yeah, the bad boy of karate just looks so scared, though, of this, like, very basic kata, like you said. Like, the, the the thing that everyone knows. I think the only scene we skipped over is when they replant the tree. And I do like that uh, Daniel stays a bit late and yeah. does a little bow to the tree, much like he does a little bow to Mr. Miyagi in the yep. first one. Um, he's replanting his own ser- center sort of thing. The tree doesn't look real, so that's not great. It <laughs> yeah. looks like a plastic tree, yeah, and it is. So, you know, kind of undercuts it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Well, I get, the only thing I could think of is they didn't have HD, so maybe it looked a lot more real uh, yeah. back then. But then again, I mean, they were still putting things on film. They still had to have seen it look pretty fake. Yeah, good point. Um, so we get to the tournament, and this time Daniel only has to fight one fight. They have this genius idea of how to make him feel as much pain as possible, which is to do like yeah he, he fights him <laughs> i'm sorry I, I just have the the film running on the side here and i got to the bit where uh is his name mike the bad boy yeah of yeah mike yeah he's there like daniel stands on the floor and mike is like get on that line larusso you're nothing your slope teacher is nothing get up man you're no champion get up i own you i own all you there's gonna be no your karate shit you hear me your shit and i'm like this is so cartoonish (laughs) and Tommy Silver is there with his, like, cravat, and he's super evil, and he holds a speech about how he's going to change karate forever. There's T-shirts in the crowd, which, can we get those Cobra Kai Never Dies T-shirts? That's an aside. Those are um, great But, t-shirts. yeah, it's just super cartoonish, this whole ending. So, And it all builds up to him doing a kata and then kicking his ass in sudden death. <laughs> but, I mean, it is over the top, but you have to admit, that when he's saying your karate shit and your teacher's shit, I'm like, don't you fucking dare. Like, don't you ever say that about Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi's not shit. Mr. Miyagi's not a phony. Yeah, but it's also like this my guy has known Daniel LaRusso for like five minutes and just beat him up. I don't know why he knows the pressure points are like, oh, you're like he asks like, where's your Jap teacher now or whatever. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. nothing. You're shit. He's a fake and he didn't teach you anything. <laughs> your karate's shit. And it's very specific to like him having his personal growth, almost as if uh, the whole plan that Silver has is actually to make Daniel son realize what a strong route he has, because that's what ends up happening yeah i mean but you also have to admit it's great when miyagi comes in though and he's like daniel son so you stay focused and he kind of he does he does center him uh, and gives him that balance and he gets him back in there because he's like you know he's afraid i am afraid i can't do it i just want to go home but you know no it doesn't matter you don't it doesn't even matter if you win but he's gonna win but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah that was the thing i almost thought this was going to be the one where he doesn't win where he's like no you're just gonna like you know stay focused don't show them your back don't show them that you're afraid and you're gonna win that way but no he just wins the regular way yeah he just wins well i mean it wasn't quite regular because he does kata and he just throws them off his game because the bad boy karate's never seen anything like it before <laughs> he doesn't know what the hell to do. <laughs> Even though Terry Silver is shouting, get the point, get the point. Yeah, just... And someone says, like, he's hallucinating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, he just he just gets him. He, he throws him off to the floor and punches him. And, and I do like that we have the same referee for all three movies. Yes. The referee guy's there with his big mustache. And, again, I just know in that shot when he runs over to... <laughs> to Miyagi like there's a freeze frame coming there's a freeze frame coming and sure enough it freeze frames on the both of them just cheering and Which, like pointing at each other watching these movies in a row like this though I do love that this one ends with both of them 
I think yeah. I think that's great. Uh, and I mean, there was no well, there was a Karate Kid four, but it was no Daniel. There was no Daniel there. So I like that this is where this trilogy ends. They're together, and you know they're yeah. they're gonna put this fighting stuff behind them. And I mean, we're not gonna do it next. And we're probably not going to do it for a while, but we're going to have to get into the next Karate Kid, which I've never seen. And I, I, I mean, I can't imagine what they're going to do to get Miyagi to start. Tr- I assume there's going to be a tournament involved. <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll see. I don't know. But uh, it might interest you to know that in 2015, the director, John G. Avildsen, called the film a poor imitation of the first one and, quote, a horrible movie. So... At least he's, uh, like, he directed both of them. He directed this one as well. So I, I guess he, he should know. Um, and I think he's right. I think he nailed it. And, yeah, I mean, you were correct. Like you said, this, I didn't mean to interrupt you before the start. But, yeah, John Kreese, Martin Cove's filming schedule was a conflict. I, I guess I was just giving them more credit on both accounts. I was like, oh, they don't need a romantic interest. They're progressive. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we want Daniel to be Cobra Kai. I wonder if it's, I guess it still would have been Daniel as Cobra Kai, I assume. Oh, but, yeah, they could have got there somehow. But I don't, oh, I, I, I kind of would rather have this third party come in. It makes more sense to get to lure Daniel away to uh, to the, the, the darkness of Cobra Kai. But, eh. And what, it got uh, five nominations at the 1989 Golden Raspberry Awards for yeah. Worst Picture, uh, Didn't Worst win any Screenplay. I mean, even bad enough for that. In a weird way, I'm like amazed that at the time, even in 1989, they were like, this is bad. I would expect <laughs> that, like, I, I, I guess it's because you always like to think that people in the older times were stupider or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's like someone in 20 years being like, oh, remember when everyone loved uh, uh, fucking what's a bad movie that came out? 2012. Remember 2012? <laughs> remember when everyone loved Jumanji? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of blinded by it. Um, yeah. So we're thankfully not talking about part four anytime soon. We're going to actually yeah. talk about Cobra Kai, the thing we're here to talk about. If you want to join the conversation... Tell us why we're wrong about part three, why it's the best Karate Kid film. Why don't you send an email to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. You can, of course, also go to showswhatyouknow.com for all of our coverage of other shows. Um, There's also jimandthem.com for Jim's other projects and awesomepedia.org for me. Um, But beyond that, is there anything else we want to say on this one, Jim? Um, I think there's just one more thing left to say. Oh, and what would that be? Strike first! Strike hard! No No mercy. mercy!